What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Take a 20. This is episode 8 now. We're just really cranking them out. Um, Really want to, like I do every pod, want to start off by saying thank you to everybody who's giving me feedback, sharing the episodes, because like I've said before in previous pods is... It's something that I have a hard time doing. I don't do a lot of self-promotion. So everybody who does follow the IG and continues to share the the episodes and reaches out and gives me ideas about things, I truly appreciate all the feedback and you guys coming along on this ride with me. Um, Like I said uh, in my bio, I'm just a dude from LA who loves to talk hoops, so glad that we're we're actually getting a small little fan base um really a safe fan base but you guys more so are starting to feel like my friends you know so it's it's nice to be able to interact with you guys and do all that but without getting too mushy let's just start this episode off and really, I want to start it off with just wishing Jason Preston, THT, and Trevor Ariza a very speedy and smooth recovery from all of their different injuries and surgeries that they're going to be having. Um, you never like to see players go down, specifically these three players. I was really looking forward to watching them this year. Uh, it's no secret I'm not a Laker fan. I'm 100% a diehard Clipper fan, but... Um, THT is somebody that I do really enjoy watching, watching play. And with Ariza being from LA, he's, he's always been somebody that I really admired and looked up to. And so, and as far as Jason Preston, like I said, it so many times to a lot of my friends, it's like, this kid could be really, really good. So the fact that he's going to miss a significant amount of time is very unfortunate so hopefully he's able to get uh, get on the right foot and get onto the court. If he's not able to get onto the court this season, like I really want him to, I want them to stay safe with this one because I'm pretty sure that he's getting surgery on his right foot. So however long it takes for him to actually be 100% and start getting back into things, like let him take his time because. Like I said, I I really do think that kid can be special, along with everybody else that the Clippers drafted. Brand, uh, I don't is his name Brandon Boston. I know his last name is Boston, but he's been lining it up. Keon Johnson looks like he's going to be developing into something really great, and then of course you know couldn't go wrong with hitting on Terrence Man. We drafted him like two years ago now, but still. Our, our young players are looking looking really nice on the Clippers for sure. But moving along, want to talk about the WNBA Finals where the sky have gone up 1-0 on the Mercury. And it was off of a very dominant performance. Like, they got, yeah, it took some notes here, and they got double digits like six out of 11 of their players scored in double digits, which is pretty insane because when you look on the other side with the Mercury, it was only three. Um, those being Diggs, 
Griner and uh, DT. But with that being said, you know, the, the Mercury, like, uh, some of those players need to step up. There's a couple of players that I know are going to probably perform a whole lot better than they did this last game. So really looking forward to that next game. Also want to give out a shout-out to uh, Kaylee Coop, uh, Copper. She was the high, highest scorer with 21 points, but she did it off of 53% shooting from the field. So that's that's really impressive. The fact that like not only did six of your players score in double digits, like looking at all of them, they they shot the ball pretty efficiently. So kudos to them, man. Like they're the that was a really good game, completely dominated from start to finish. But best believe DT is gonna be coming for y'all next game. One hundred percent. And yeah, I'm I'm not gonna hide it. I I want the Mercury to win. <laughs> but moving along to another young player who I've been seeing a lot of uh, a lot of different things coming out with um, like different articles and sports analysts coming out and asking like, is um, Shea Gildress Alexander gonna be able to live up to the contract that he's signed? Because now he's not a like quote unquote like young prospect anymore he's still young but it's like they're saying that now with this contract there's expectation for him to be great now instead of him uh at some point becoming great so with that like i saw him play for like up close and personal for a year year and a half because I was kind of watching him uh, as he was in college. He was one of the only players that I can say that I actually watched him in college. So it, it was, it was really hard to see that the Clippers had traded him. But with that being said, it's, I, I 100% do think that he's going to be able to live up to this contract. He's already coming out and saying that he wants to be, the black Steve Nash, which I think he 100% can be, is just there's uh, certain little things in his game that are pretty glaring right now. Uh, one, his defense, that definitely needs to take another step. Uh, but playmaking-wise and offensively, that's always been his game. He's going to be able to figure that part out. And he's gotten better every single year so. I don't really understand the concern behind everybody saying like, oh, is he going to live up to this contract? It's when a player has shown you that they get better every single year, there's no reason to think that all of a sudden that they're going to drop in production. So all of this talk against SGA is kind of interesting. Um, I mean, it happens all the time. I understand that there needs to be some news that comes out, but when it's going against like a young player that, you know, quite honestly, everybody can see that he's going to be great to kind of zero in on him like that is it's, it's a little, uh, it's a little funny to me, you know, it's not like, 
you're talking to this player one-on-one. It's just you're putting him on blast of saying, like, is he going to be good enough? You know, I, I understand as a player, as somebody who's in the NBA, it, it comes with that. But at the same time, you need to be having a, a conversation with that person. You know, that's why I had no problem with Shaq's approach to the way that he talks to uh, Donovan Mitchell because he he was straight up. He was like, I think you need to be better. And he took that as motivation and he kept going, you know. So that's that's my whole thing with that is just like directly talk to the player. If you have this question about is he going to live up to his contract, go out and actually – See if he has the time to come on to the jump because it happened on the jump. Uh, it's like a little two-minute conversation. Have him ask the question, let him explain himself, and move on. That's instead of just two people sitting up or three people sitting up there and saying, like, well, I, I don't know. You know, like, we'll have to wait and see. It's, it's, it's foolishness because you, you're, like, I don't know where you're getting this thought process from. It's like, we'll have to wait and see when you've seen that this player gets better every single year. But that that was just my quick take on that. I just really, I was seeing all that news and it just kind of irks me. So uh, I wanted to do a little vent <laughs> real quick. Um, and moving into another vent, this is going to be the last time that I talk about Ben Simmons. He, it's it's honestly hilarious to me that he's now saying, like, because reports are coming out today that it's moving towards, like, Ben Simmons more likely than not actually showing up with the team. Um this is to me is just absolutely hilarious. Um, you're gonna hold out, say that you want to trade, say you don't care where you get traded, and go as far as to say that you do not want to play in front of the Philly fans ever again. So now you see that the value that you thought you had isn't there on the open market because of what you've done and the fact that you're saying like, oh, well, I don't want to come back and improve my value. That further gets your value lowered because now it's a situation where other GMs are like, oh, okay, he, he's not going to show up regardless. Um, well, how, how do I know that he's going to be great for my team. This is only the package that I'm willing to give you. I need to hold on to a couple of pieces because I don't know if he's going to show up kind of situation. So it just, it was so ridiculous how this whole situation is played out. Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, they supported you guys or supported Ben Simmons for pretty much his entire time with the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Jimmy Butler, all he did was say, like, hey, do this. Work a little bit harder on this. 
Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers, all they were saying is like, we need you to work hard. We need you to come back better. There's nothing wrong with that. Should it have been held behind closed doors? Possibly. But when somebody's going to bat for you throughout the entire year, and then you lay out a performance like that, is just like, you know, you as at a certain point, you have to take some sort of responsibility because this person is putting so much faith in you. He's building you up so much. He's telling everybody, like, yeah, I believe in him. He can do this. And then you, you squander that by not living up to anything that they were touting you as. So, like, yeah, you, you were really great defensively. You did decent job with the playmaking. It's just you needed to be more aggressive and that's all they were saying is you need to be more aggressive. You need to have, you need to come back better every single year. there's no reason for a player in the NBA, especially when they're a superstar to come back every year, nearly the same. The difference between Ben Simmons rookie year to Ben Simmons now is very minimal it's to be completely honest his defense is what has had an uptick within everything else like his playmaking has gone up I wouldn't say significantly but it's definitely gone up but outside of that there's nothing that he's actually added to his game or he's improved on so it it was valid for Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers to kind of put his feet to the fire and be like, yo, like this, this is on you. You, yeah, there was mistakes that the 76ers made, but you're a big part of why that organization goes. So, and it goes back to so many situations of like other teams saying, oh yeah, like I'll use the Lakers for example. LeBron is great, but AD needs to be there too. He needs to show up as well for them to be able to compete. This team will go as far as AD is consistent. That it, It's the same deal, you know? You have that great player, but you also need that other great player to stay consistent for them to even have a chance. So... It's now it's a situation of like now it's a new headline of all right when Ben Simmons shows up to to camp like how much drama is going to be going on like are his teammates going to welcome him back how what it's going to be all this drama swirling around now because of a situation that he decided to handle very immaturely and blow up into like just a Hollywood show. And this literally was more of a soap opera than anything basketball because like someone tells you to get better. You throw a temper tantrum and say, trade me. Okay. But then 
when you're holding out and you're saying like, all right, well, things aren't moving the way that I thought they would, you come back. Is I I just don't see what how this is a good situation for either side. Um, I mean, if I were the 76ers, it's it's a situation where you're happy that he's back. Um, you hope that it's not a distraction for the rest of the year. But this this is really dysfunctional and it's it's unfortunate because it's, it's it involves so many more people than just Ben Simmons you know he's he's affected his entire team he's affected the, the coaching staff <laughs> the trainers everything so for him to just randomly show up now is like bro you should have just manned up like weeks ago and just got in into the gym. You're posting videos about going into the gym, but now it's like it's the most ludicrous thing. You know, I I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to watch how this whole whole thing's whole thing plays out with them because I I'm honestly very, very blown away. Very blown away that it's, it's transpired like this. I'm just so, so disappointed in Ben Simmons. It's, like I said in previous pods, he's one of my more favorite players to watch. I really like Ben Simmons. So for him to act the way that he has is, is just, it's beyond disappointing. But... Moving right along out of Ben Simmons, not talking about that drama anymore. I'm not talking about Ben Simmons, period, for the rest of the, the season. I don't care what he does during the season. I'm not mentioning him at all. But now going into some preseason thoughts, um, I'm only going to focus on three teams that really have stood out to me. Um for different reasons. So first, I want to talk about the Bulls. Really, watching some of these games, their defense honestly doesn't look too bad. Um, everybody was very concerned about it. Zach Levine is somebody that I know can step up in that category of just being more of a defensive stopper. Not a stopper, but being a better defensive player. Uh, Vooch is what he is. I don't think that he's going to be able to really step up in the defensive category. But you have players like Alizé, Derek Jones Jr., um, a few different players, Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball. There's two more that I'm forgetting. Um, but when they're on the court, it's it's honestly pretty scary. The Bulls, I feel, are going to be one of those teams that definitely end up higher in the standings by the end of the season than most people expect. I know everybody's saying that they're like a fourth or fifth seed. To be completely honest, I look at this team and I say, like, why can't they get the three seed? Especially with what's going on in Philadelphia, like, why can't they get the three seed? 
I see Miami there. I put Miami like right with them as well, but it's it's just something about this Bulls team that really excites me and uh, I think that they have a really good chance to make make some noise in the playoffs. I don't expect them to go too far. Uh, depending on matchup, they could get bounced in the first round. But I, I more so expect them to end up being a second-round exit. But, you know, I, I'm... I'm yeah, as Zach Lowe would say, I'm bullish on the Bulls. So, yeah. Uh, moving right along to the Wizards. This is something, like, I was really expecting the Wizards to be okay defensively. I was, offensively, I knew that they were going to be great. Like, that's something that is, like, when you have Bradley Beal and the supporting cast that he has around him, there's there's no doubt that that's going to be a really good offensive team. But obviously the concern is defense. And thus far, I know it's preseason, but these are mistakes that um, I feel are definitely going to carry on into the regular season. They're, for certain players... To me, there is an effort concern, um, really from start to finish. A lot of the players that I've only seen, like actually playing and giving it their all for the Wizards, and this is no knock on the players. It's just I know I understand that it's preseason, but also this you're you're playing the game. You don't want to lose. You don't play to lose. But really, the only players that I've seen really give that kind of effort has been Montrez Harrell and Bradley Beal. Um, it's very interesting that like the the best defensive player on that team is Montrez Harrell, and he's stepped up a bit, but he definitely, with him being the most, the best defensive player on that team, he needs to be an anchor. So, I think that him improving the rest of the team marginally improving, like at least don't let people just get backdoor cuts multiple times in a row. That's the biggest thing. Like you guys are splitting the lanes or you're letting people split the lanes and not nobody's coming over for help defense. Nobody's like it's the rotations are really really bad it's it's one of those things where it's like you're you're looking at a team on the offensive end and you're saying like yeah that's an NBA team and then you see them on the defensive end and it's just like are these guys from LA Fitness or what because it's you're just letting them blow right past you you're letting them get things that honestly shouldn't be that easy to get so with the Wizards, it's it's honestly very concerning. And the only reason why I'm focusing on three teams is because I think that what's happening in preseason 100% is going to carry over into the regular season and possibly out throughout the entire season. Um, unless some personnel 
changes are made in terms of players being traded for more defensive-minded players because right now they're loaded with offense. They can get rid of a few pieces that are tradable and possibly get something back that can bolster their defense. So with but as rosters constructed, this it, it is a little concerning. And now the Knicks, this was something that I I honestly was expecting and do expect it to continue into the regular season. I don't see like first off, what it is is they're obviously their offense is a lot better than last year. Um but you can definitely tell that their defense has taken a step back. And also, I'm very first off, shout out Kevin Knox. He's he's actually stepping up, man. Like I'm I'm glad to see that Kevin Knox is getting some burn and you know, a lot of people were really down on Kevin Knox making him in, into a meme. So I'm glad that he's it's not letting that affect him, and he's he's actually continuing to play and continuing to stick to his game. So, shout out to Kevin Knox. But it's it's also a situation where I I do believe, even though Thibodeau is one of my favorite coaches, know that he's a defensive dynamo when it comes to coaching. Um, but I just I don't see this defense getting any better than what it is right now just due to personnel reasons um but the offense however i feel actually has room to grow there's some there's some situations where it it's not as tight as it should be and i think that that's just something that comes along with chemistry and time so how they are right now offensively, they're definitely going to be better than that in the regular season. Defensively-wise, I think that this is the best that it's going to get for them, to be completely honest. I just don't see how Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, and it's not just them too. It seems like the entire team is just – like regressed together as a defensive unit. So, you know, are they missing Reggie Bullock and Emmanuel Moutier on that end of the court? Yeah. But are they missing them on the offensive side of the court? No, not even the slightest. Things are moving a lot smoother. The floor is spaced out, in my opinion, a lot better. So even though I'm a huge Reggie Bullock fan, I just think that that honestly was probably the right move. I know that I was talking like poorly about it to begin with um, in one of my first pods saying the winners and losers of the offseason because they lost Reggie. But this it seems like that was definitely the right move for them to move in a direction and get a little bit more offense and Honestly, I feel like it just frees up some more time for R.J. Barrett to really produce and get out there. So it, it seems like it was a good thing all around. 
And with that being said, that is all that I really wanted to talk about today. Um, I know the whole Kyrie Irving situation is going on and him going to miss 41 games. It is what it is. Um, not going to talk about that in depth until something else more happens. Um, like some news about him actually getting vaccinated, then I'll talk about it. But as of right now, it is what it is. Let that man be. But that being said, I'm glad that I actually shaved this down to being a little bit more tight. Like I was saying in the last pod, I wanted to get slimmed down to around 25 to half hour. So glad I was able to do that. And again, thank you everybody for tuning into this episode. I know it was a little bit shorter. It might have moved a little bit fast. Um, definitely going to try and work on that and just give everything a, a proper burn and let it all flow. But yeah, thank you guys very, very much. I'm rambling now. So I'm just going to stop this recording and catch you guys in the next one. Appreciate y'all. Peace.